Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cranked and Ranked. I don't, that's all I got. No. <laughs> um, this it's a pretty is, chill intro. Yeah. This is a podcast slash YouTube show where we rank band discographies and really just have super long discussions about music. We're, we're, we're ranking a band discography today, but if you're new to this, because I know there's a lot of big fans of this band, if you're new to us, we talk a lot and we bring our own personal biases and opinions and history and uh, experience into what we do. And sometimes there's some crazy shit that we talk about that has nothing to do with the music. But at the end of the day, it is a, uh, I mean, people like it. It's a nice discussion about music, probably a, a lengthier and more carefully thought out, uh, discussion on music than you're going to get pretty much anywhere else. So, um, and I'm old head and with me as always is Eddie Sparks. That's me. That's me right there. You can see I'm on the screen right there. That's where I am. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> me too. We're both on the screen. Um, before, before we begin, I want to give a little plug to, uh, there's, I, I made, there, I've made a few friends over on the app amp where I do radio shows, which is, which is about to be available on Android. And so that's one step closer to making it worldwide. So, um, nice. but uh, it's basically where I do a radio show. I'm able to like play music and do intros and outros and it's, and I have a blast and other people do it too. Um, but two of the mm. people, a husband and wife duo who also do shows, they have a, a coffee company called against the grind coffee. And um, hey. I'm drinking this one today. It's the take the power back blend. And um, it's uh, it's uh, character notes notes say brown sugar, roasted nuts, and citrus, and it's pretty slap base. It's pretty damn good coffee. <laughs> burn, burn, burn to pink, burn to pink. So yeah, um, I wanted to give them a plug because I'm a coffee drinker, but I I've been real lazy about my coffee up until recently, where I literally am just going and buying <laughs> the little pods, and I had a Keurig machine. And I didn't even bother to try like different kinds. I got like mm. breakfast blend and I would put it in and that was my coffee every day. Boom. But I, but I was, I've always wanted to like branch out and try different coffee. And so the fact that, you know, two really cool people that I know started their own coffee company. I'm like, well, fuck that's, this is, this is how I'm going to begin. Um, so, you know, and I'm not being sponsored. I paid for this, uh, but p- portions of all of their sales go towards nonprofits that they support. So that's really good too. So against the grind, I think it's against the grind dot, Oh no, against the grind um, If you want to like order, I don't know if they do worldwide, but you know, um, it's good coffee and I want to give them some props. I'm, 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 I love it that they started this company and I'm enjoying the coffee so far. So, uh, yeah. Very nice. So moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, if we, one day, that's, that's what it'll sound like one day when we have an actual sponsor and we're all like, is your wallet getting in the way of things? <laughs> Try this new wallet. You know, that'll be. <laughs> wow. New print. Little <laughs> yellow. Different. <laughs> it's like people do things just because they get paid. And, and that's, that's just, just really, really sad. sad. 
Um, <laughs> so, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to, we're, so we're going to annoy, not, not we, I'm going to annoy the, uh, dream theater fans. Today's dream theater part one, because dream theater have okay. 15 studio albums and one EP that Eddie had me listen to as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're, I, I don't know anything about dream theater fans. Cause Eddie's, I think the only one I know, <laughs> but I have a feeling a lot of them take themselves very seriously. Um, but I might be wrong. We don't take ourselves very seriously, but no. I, I do feel like, you know, I, I have to, I have to start before we go anywhere into dream theater. I have to say that I, I'm going. I'm. I Paul. I'm sorry, Dream Theater fans. It's all I want to say. I'm very sorry, and I just. This is gonna be a good one. I just. <laughs> you, you're. I'm just gonna go and throw it out there that like I am. You're not going to like me, okay? By any any at any point in this episode, um, yeah, you're not going to like me. So I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any other way to begin that. Normally we start about we start things off with how did we come in contact with the band the very first time? And mine was way back in was it '92 uh, when Images and Words Probably. came out, and uh, yeah. the Pull Me Under music video was on MTV, and I saw it and mm-hmm. I was like, it's pretty good. Um, and it never took me any further into the band. Um, and any other music videos I saw by them, I didn't like. So I didn't, mm. I'd never moved any further. But over the years, I've known random people here and there that have been like, oh, Dream Theater. And I'm just like, okay. And I remember hearing random songs. Like, I, I don't even remember whose car I was in. This is how long ago it was and how much, how <laughs> fucked up my brain is. But they were like, just listen to this one song. And they're playing the song and I'm like, I mean, yeah, these guys are really talented. And, and, you know, they're like, listen to the drums. I'm like, the drums are really good. Is this, the song's not that good. <laughs> it's like everything else about it is really good. Like, I'm just like, fuck, these guys are good. Maybe get people to write your songs for you. I don't know. Um, but uh, I'll go more in depth because, like, I, I do have to say that I do think that um, for fans of this kind of thing, Cause I'm not a, I'm not a prog fan for the most part hmm. because saying that I'm a huge fan of rush doesn't mean I'm a fan of prog. It means I'm a fan of rush and there's random other yeah. sort of progish bands that I like, but the kind of thing that dream theater do, let's go ahead and draw the line right here. It's already the kind of stuff that I just, it just doesn't connect with me. So we'll take, take that, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt because no disrespect is meant because they're fuck they're, they're clearly a fucking great band who have earned the uh, respect and admiration that they that they have um but yeah so now this is my first deep dive because i realized that before this episode the only two albums i had heard all the way through were images and words a long time ago and recently mm-hmm. uh a view from the top of the world cuz we reviewed it on old bollocks ah, so yeah. I, so i had heard both of those albums so an early one and a later one so i had an idea going into this what i was gonna get um but i listened to all the albums from beginning to end chronologically chronologically I and okay. um yeah I'm, that's all i'm gonna say right now i feel like i've just blown my wad everyone everyone that's like <laughs> a big dream theater fan has already turned off unless they're wanting 
to see how you come at this. And I think you're going to have a lot more uh, excitement in, with you for your shit because you're, you're a fan of Dream Theater. I am. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always, like, I don't know what it is. For me, and to any, you know, anyone out there, I want to specify, I have this weird thing in my head where somehow... I've always thought of Dream Theater and Toto as like they could tour together. <laughs> it's it's weird because Toto are equally incredible like session players, right? Yes. And they they could play this stuff if they wanted to. Sure. You know, it just it just so happens that Dream Theater play a louder, heavier version of, you know, um rock tinged aor ish at points and yeah but there's metal in there too uh, that, it's, um, i'm glad that you brought up toto because i'll i'll kind of use them in sort of stating my case for some of these things later on so because because we did mm -hmm. toto already and yep. i had a very good time doing toto um in fact yeah. you know i'm a fan of i would say i'm a fan not of all their stuff but like every single album had something on it where i was like hell yeah that's great so I would say I would say to any Dream Theater fan listening to this, check out Toto's deep cuts. And I would say to any Toto fan, uh, check out Dream Theater and you know their big songs because we could we could we could potentially create the wildest tour matchup that somehow <laughs> makes sense. But you know that that being said, um, so when yeah, know, so when did you first hear them? Uh, for me. Dream Theater was one of the bands that somehow managed to make its way onto a you know an iPod oh, that I had yeah. because my my uncle had uh, a CD lying around. Was it one of the heavy iPods or was it one of the thinner ones that was later? I had uh, I had an iPod Nano that was eight gigabytes that I thought would totally hold all of the music <laughs> that I know about. <laughs> my my naive eleven year old ass thinking that eight gigabytes was all I'd need for all the music I like, yeah. and now I realize eight gigs wouldn't even hold all of the Metallica I have on my iPod, let alone everything else. But like holy shit like i gradually just kept getting bigger and bigger ipods until eventually phones just took over doing that yep um but yeah really for me it was a case of i had systematic chaos on this um little ipod mm -hmm. and i listened to it and for the first time i was like oh so this is what progressive means you know like like long songs lots of different parts incredible musicianship yeah uh, and it just kind of like, they were a band that I had like one album of, heard stuff, liked it, yeah. and didn't deep dive because I was like, I was too busy with thrash and then grunge. But then all of a sudden something happened where I was like, I walked into uh, HMV and I saw, I'd been like reading ranking lists or something on, uh, you know, trying to get into more bands because I'd kind of bled the well dry of thrash and grunge at the time so i was like hey, yeah, give, give me something a little different yeah uh and i went in and i picked up the cd of images and words and the first time i listened to it i was blown away fucking loved it mm -hmm. absolutely adored it yeah um a few weeks a few weeks or months down the line i walked back in there and i saw they had one of those like five cd um album bundle packs yeah. and i was like oh shit i'll be buying the same album again but i'm getting four others for 12 quid so i thought ah, i'd be stupid not to get it so i got it and that had images and words awake 
Falling Into Infinity, um, Scenes from a Memory, Metropolis Part 2, and Train of Thought on it. It didn't have um, Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence on it because that's a double album. It'd be too much of a bollock. But uh, that being said, that five album pack, just like I binge listened it and it was just like over and over and over again until I was like, okay, these five albums are, are cool. Well, these four albums I really, really like and this one I like a little bit. Oh, okay. So, um, right. so, so, so yeah, go, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. That's all right. Yeah. So since then, Dream Theater have come out with um, three more albums. Wait, no, four more albums since I got into them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with that, I think we can I think we can lead off with. Well, yeah, you've already told us yours, so we might as well start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, we so it's going to be the these will be I'll wait till we get to my to my uh, thing to really explain um, what I went through. <laughs> listening to these. Um, so uh, so yeah so we're doing the uh, the bottom half so we've decided to do the bottom seven albums and then next time will be the top eight albums yes. and so as usual I, I let eddie start it off and so this is really gonna be kind of the eddie sparks show um yeah yeah, I'm kind of leading the way on this one, <laughs> and I'll get in. I'll get into more detail about why it really is going to be your show uh, once I get to my to my first my bottom pick. So, um, okay. so let's do it. Let's start off with number fifteen. What is your number fifteen Dream Theater album? Okay, so my number fifteen Dream Theater album is the Astonishing from 2016. Okay, and my reason for this is not because I don't like it. Because I actually, when it came out with the really dorky box set, which had like a, a model of the robot on the front, like everything in there is just super dorky. And I at that shit up because I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Let's go over the top. It's got like a screenplay of the entire like dialogue of the thing. It's basically because it's a concept um, album. It's a concept album, and it's basically twenty one twelve stretched out to <laughs> two hours and ten minutes. Uh, it, it, and it's it, when I say that, it's pretty much that. It's like a dystopian future where music has ceased to exist, uh, and someone's discovered it and they're bringing it back. Um, but again, like you've, like you've, I say, you've literally just explained one of the reasons why I don't like dream theater. <laughs> it's just like (laughs) oh i've never heard that before (laughs) yeah it's it's i i understand and i respect what they were trying to do with it i know they wanted to do something something mega something capacious something conjunct oh i mean yeah it's like you i mean i i'll this is what i'm gonna say this and this is how this is how much you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna make sense to you because you were here for this episode and if you watch the episode i'm talking about I think Nostradamus is a way better album than this album. Like, and I yeah. thought Nostradamus was pretty awful. Even that be- hmm. now that I've become a Judas Priest fan, I still like went back to listen to some songs and I was like, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> but, but that being said, I give them some prompts because they're like, well, fuck, we want to do something huge. This is kind of an yeah. interesting subject. Whereas like Dream Theater is like, hey, let's do a concept album. But what concepts do we have? I don't fucking know. I like 2112. <laughs> That's literally like that was the end of the discussion. The meeting was adjourned. 
It it's pretty much like when Hollywood grabs a classic movie and does a remake. Um, yeah, but so this is the this is the two thousands version of Point Break where they uh, well it, it, they, just, yeah. they screwed the pooch. You <laughs> kind of missed the point. Yeah, it's for, for me though. Like there's songs on on this right of the thirty four tracks. Mm-hmm. Right, this is a long fucking album. And here's the thing, right? I like it. I can appreciate the effort that went into all of it. You know, Gift of Music, uh, you know, uh, where is it? Our New World. There are cool songs on this, Mm -hmm. but I can never take my mind off of the thought that 2112 accomplishes this in 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and it's because of the way it's laid out, it's such a commitment that it, it it almost feels like the Netflix series adaptation of the classic movie 2112, where it's like, you, you see what I mean? Where they've like it's stretched like, it to a 10 episode season. Yeah. And it's like, I, I didn't need to have all this extra stuff here. It's just... I like it. Again, I, I like all Dream Theater albums. Sure. Because... The le- to me the lesser dream theater albums are still dream theater albums but yeah i mean from- i mean it's it, yeah. i i think i should go on record by saying i am fully fucking aware that even the worst dream theater album i could never in my wildest dreams make anything like that like i <laughs> i'm i'm relatively talented in the kind of stuff that i've done in the past and musically speaking i have had a lot of experience but that's the these one, guys are Berkeley graduates. That's though. the that's one this, thing is that like difference. even the even at my lowest points during their discography where I was so burnt out, I would still hear things and go fuck. But they're 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 so fucking talented. Like they're just yeah, and and they do always throw in something here and there. So like like that's what I'm saying. Like the, you know, I would be like, so how long is this fucking up? Oh my god! And then I would immediately go ooh, and then yeah, and th- and then I would go oh. <laughs> <laughs> but every single album has plenty of ooh on it so like that's it's such a bizarre we'll get to that you can tell i i have a lot going on in my head after after listening to dream theater you, you know what i think is funny is that this album the longest album in the dream theater catalog as far as i'm aware um has probably the shortest average song length yeah because th- they have albums that are like six songs and it comes to an hour. Yeah. Um. Uh, whereas, like, this is what's the what's the longest song on here? Seven minutes forty. So, like, that's nothing. That's nothing. Meta- Metallica has songs longer epics. than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Newer> ones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. I like the way it's laid out. Um. But there is simply too much stuff here for me to give it a casual listen yeah this yeah. is something i give a spin like once every two to three years just as like a yep i remember when that came out yeah that was you know that delivered on what it wanted to do but i could have saved myself an hour and 50 minutes by listening to Twenty One Twelve. so you know i appreciate the vision and respect the effort it took however it ha- something had to come last yeah and as a result of its um bloated scope it found itself weighing itself down under the weight of its own 
content. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, cool. so over to you. Let's that, hear some. That one's low on yeah. my list, but it's not the last one. And so the 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 going through and listening to all of them. So I listened to over. This was done over a four day period. That's um, intense. And <laughs> the first day I listened to five albums in a row because wow. just because I was like, I have to just fucking go in. Cause once I'm in, then the momentum will yeah. take me and I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. And plus Dude, I props to you for that. Cause Holy shit. There's well, a lot here. Yeah. And yeah. so, the, and so, and I, and I have, I, I, I was able to do it while I was at work. Cause I work from home and I have a job where the majority of what I do, it's very, I know, I know it so well, it's very kind of autopilot. And so I'm able to like, listen and take notes and then like, and, and there's, there's, you know, the music is just going. And, and a lot of times I, I take in music a lot better when I'm doing something. Um, yeah. When I'm doing something active, like, you know, and, and I'll, and I'll like catch things and I'll go, yeah. And so I did it that way. Um, and I, and obviously, you know, the first one had an album that I'd already heard. So I was able to go through that and actually be like, okay, I remember a good number of these songs, but um on day four, I got to this album, uh, the 2019 album Distance Over Time. And oh. here's the thing. So I'm saying this like really talented guys. Every single album has something on it where I go, that's fucking brilliant. But the, it, every album also has stuff where I go, that's, that's absolute bullshit right there. It's very it's well, <laughs> it's well played bullshit. It's almost like I, like all of their albums have badass parts that are immediately sabotaged by cheesy as fuck parts and so <laughs> and so i don't it's so weird they're such a weird band because they there's there's several albums that start off with tracks where i go oh this is gonna be the one this is the one and then like song number two i go oh, no fuck no and so it's <laughs> it, I, I and i it got to the point once i got to distance over time it's it's their fourteenth album, so we're almost to the most recent one. My only note that I wrote down was, "Yep, it's another Dream Theater album." That's all I wrote, because yep, because what I've what I learned going through this was, Dream Theater write really intricate, complicated music that will, in one particular song, will take you in so many places that you're not expecting. Hmm. but once you get this far down the road, the best way that I could describe it is dream theater. If they were artists, they are artists that just work in pointillism, but the pointillism is like a series of images that look exactly the same, unless you zoom way the fuck in. And then you're like, Oh, I see all the different little parts in here, but then you zoom back out and you're Hmm. like, this is the same fucking picture as the other ones that they had already done. So maybe kudos to them because if you're if if you came in came in on this band early or if this is your kind of thing and you're like really big on this, then th- then this is awesome because you I, I know all of all of the Dream Theater fans literally just go in and they they pick apart like oh this one little part right here they didn't do something like that before and they're not wrong. But to somebody mm. like me, there's there's they there's too much happening to where 
half of the time it takes away from the actual song where I just go, mm. what fucking song is this? And then I look at it and I go, oh, this is the third song. I thought this was still the first song. And so there, there will be great moments. And then there are moments where I just, I don't, I, it's just so, I think it's because there's a little bit, it's almost like they're halfway between like a cool metal band and a metal band that would be seen at like the Renaissance fair. It's like, they're the, yeah. they're both of yeah. those kind of <laughs> bands put together. And so I kept, I was struggling the whole time with like, I cannot deny that this is really good music. It's like, it's like hearing jazz. I don't ever want to listen to jazz, but I'll hear some jazz and I go, <laughs> God damn, those fuckers are good. Can you turn this off? Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's how I am. Like I, so, so it just has to do with it not being something that I, I, I don't appreciate the granular aspects of it. Whereas, you know, to, to throw it on another level, if, if Metallica brought out a, a, a two hour concept album and, and they were like, all right, we're putting out a concept album. It's two hours long. And the whole story is about this rock star that's going through all of these issues. And he has this wall and he has to break down the wall by the end of the, <laughs> of the story. I'm such a fucking nerd for Metallica. I'd be like, fuck yeah, you're going to improve on Pink Floyd, the wall. Let's do it. So, <laughs> so I, so if I, I would take that and I would put myself in the brain of a dream theater fan who feels that way. And then I would go, mm. yeah, I can't, it's fucking great. But to me, once I got to distance over time, I'm really just like, there's so much great shit, but I feel like it's so bizarre that they are such a varied and, and talented band but you take a step back and everything is just feels like the same album over and over again, maybe minus the first mm. one, but even the first one has a little bit of that too. But it, there's, there's one album in their in their discography where they went a little more straightforward. I'll get to that one. Um, mm. But, uh, but, but at the end of the day, it just got to the point I was at distance over time. And I was just like, I don't, I don't, you could, I don't know what album this is. I don't know what song this is. It's, yeah. it, it's too, it's way too much. And, and maybe I didn't, maybe, I, maybe this is not the kind of thing that somebody just listening to, to 15 albums in four days is um, going to actually grasp. But I feel like this is an important conversation because I feel like I'm a large portion of people who just don't like or don't care for Dream Theater. And then you're the other half where it connected with you. Whatever it was, it connected yeah. with you. And so I feel like it almost makes this the best episode that we ever did because we're we're literally bringing two voices to the table i'm not disrespecting you you're not disrespecting me this is this is perfect um yeah so distance over time i don't have anything else to add except for i don't remember any of it <laughs> i just remember yeah, I, it was a dream theater album and it had cool parts and lame parts but it was very well done so there you go. For, for me, the, the big thing I would highlight is that from the first album up until when Mike Portnoy leaves uh -huh. and Mike Mangini joins, there is an evolution there. You do hear new stuff showing oh, up. Oh, no, yeah. I, and, yeah, and for stuff. sure. But, yeah. but I, I will chime in and say since Mangini joined, and this is, you know, not his fault or anything, I've just, you know, sonically... You know, you, you have the odd difference, but pretty much since dramatic turn of events, 
for the last 10 years the five albums that have come out you mean i mean i know the astonishing was twice as long but it's that thing of you do kind of expect it now dream theater has a sound and a thing they do Mm -hmm. and they're very good at doing what they do but you know i would like to hear them get a little bit like bolder in terms of like not not that I'm saying I want them to do a dubstep album like Korn did, but, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. it's, it, it's, it's more a thing of maybe, maybe heavy it up a little. Maybe see if you can um, do a more straightforward rock thing. See if you can... I want to see them go either, like, one direction or the other direction, but they have a thing now that's worked for them yeah. over and over which at a financial band level, if you can put out an album every two to three years that you know is going to perform, yeah. you'd be, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, but, I yeah, mean, I, and, and not, not, to, not to say that they're, they're, they're just going for the, for the money, like it's a business now, no, no. but it is a business. Once your band gets that big, it's a business no matter what you want to say. But yeah. That's what cost I, Mike Portnoy his job when he suggested a hiatus at the at the yeah. end of oh is that uh, what it was two thousand nine yeah yeah he's he wanted to do some other projects and he has gone on to do lots of other projects but yeah it was a pretty it was a pretty but, swift okay well we're gonna keep being Dream Theater and but do you want to know do you, you want to know how thing. you want to know how he wins at the end of all this he's the only fucking member I know <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> I know who Mike Portnoy is everybody else in the band is curly haired dude that plays instrument i don't know i mean i'm sure some of them are bald now but still um but like <laughs> but i yeah yeah i it, it's not just dream theater like we know we talk about like iron maiden like a, a lot of these bands get to a point and they're older now and i think that you get older and you're not interested in rocking the boat or blowing people's minds with something they don't expect because at the end of the day, you're like, yeah. well, do I have fun playing the music that we play? Because I guarantee you Dream Theater has a blast playing these songs because I would. If I knew how to play these mm. things and every night I get to get up and play this crazy shit, I'd be like, hell yeah. yeah. We're going to write another one of these albums because why not? So and the people like it. So whatever. So, you know, to, to each their own, I guess. But and doing like what we're doing here, it does get a little bit weird because it's just like. You know, I don't think these are albums that are necessarily intended to be ranked. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It's kind of like a, it's, it is a bit of a journey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But the, uh, you know, the, the, the swaying of the path tends to even out a little bit in these, like, in the, in the latter third of, of the discography. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that is, so that's your number 15, Distance Over Time. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Brings us to 14. Uh, Okay, so my number 14, strangely enough, my introduction to the band, Systematic Chaos, came in at number 14 for me. Okay. Now, I will say, when I first heard this, it blew my mind. However, um, as the years went by, and I discovered a bunch of other Dream Theater albums that I liked a lot more than this one, this one kind of just continued to climb back down the ladder to the point where now now that I have an ear for production that I didn't have when I was 12, I can say with a pretty confident ear that this is probably my least favorite sounding Dream Theater album because to me the production's just yeah. feels very boxed in, feels very boxy. 
Uh, Man, that's, that, 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 well. that's something to be said for Dream Theater right there. It's like the album that blew your mind and got you into them is number 14. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's which, pretty, you know, that says a lot. And that's the thing. When I, when I was listening to these albums, I found myself at Systematic Chaos thinking, oh, my God, this one. It, it, it's not that it's not as good as I remember. It's just like they've done so much better than than this one, mm-hmm. which, you know, points to being a good band. But, um, you know, you got In the Presence of Enemies, you know, which is, you know, this album's bookended by a two-part epic, which is In the Presence of Enemies, part one, and then closes with part two, mm-hmm. which comes to roughly a 20-minute, 20 25-minute-ish piece as it stands. Um, Forsaken is like a big old heavy ballad. Uh, Constant Motion is a cool song, but again, it's a shame that the production on this album is ass, because like you know, I it does not serve them to sound like they're playing in a shitty room. They need to sound like they're on a giant stage. Yeah, Dio level slaying dragon shit. You know, um, Dark Eternal Night definitely sounds like they listened to Mudvayne and we, they were like, oh, we should do a riff like that. <laughs> um, uh, and then, re- then you have repentance. Now, now here's where my nerdiness is gonna is gonna show off. I've got my glasses, my gla- my glasses on. This is a nerdy episode. Uh, not that I don't have my glasses on most of the time, because <laughs> by the end of the day, I'm tired of having contacts in. But so we get repentance, which is part of a five part saga called the Twelve Step Suite written by Mike Portnoy about his experience with the 12-step alcoholism program. Mm -hmm. And basically he would do like two to three steps, three or four steps per song. Uh, And this, I think, this is the fourth one. Uh, But I think as of Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence through to um, Black Clouds and Silver Linings, there's like one song in this five-part series per album, which is a cool thing to do, um, and I really like that whole suite as a as a collective piece. Sure. However, this is this one is uh, like the most chill and vibey of them, and it's cool, but it's it's not one of my favorite sections of that of that piece as a whole. Um, Prophets of War for me is a clear attempt at writing a muse song. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Ministry of Lost Souls is this huge epic track. There's a lot of emotion to this song. This one I used to listen to all the time. Mm-hmm. I love the you know um, hugeness of it. Uh, and then finally, you've got In the Presence of Enemies Part Two, which is you know another huge epic fifteen minute plus track that closes out the album and honestly it's an album that i see it now and i like it but it's it's never one i really reach for unless i'm doing a deep dive Mm. which i i have done this week if there's if there's anything i could say is that you know side a you know i'll kind of dip in but you know side b is is one i don't usually find myself reaching for but yeah yeah it's it's systematic chaos it's It's really well played, shittily produced in, in my opinion, in terms of you know, it's serving the music. But um, yeah, you know, it's that same thing as um, 
it's kind of like how the, the drum sound on um, Souls of Black, I think, really hinders that album at points. You know, it's kind of boxy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think Souls of Black is a better sounding <laughs> album. By that's that's testament, by the way. But yeah, yeah. it's a cool it's a cool album, but uh, it's nowhere near my favorite. All right. Well, that brings us to my cool. four, fourteen, which was your fifteen, which is the astonishing. Uh, from 2016 but it's their 13th album you get all those numbers um yep (laughs) and uh it's re it was aggravating to listen to um (laughs) once again some great moments sabotaged by really lame moments very well played i will say that there is a cheese factor to this to this album in particular, you know, and, and, th- they, and it's it's kind of self aware, but yeah, it's to be completely honest though, for the most part, it's not really just Dream Theater. I, I really think that once we crossed over into the the new millennium, the idea of the concept album is just a parody of itself at this point. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's. <laughs> It really any band like I can I can I don't even know if I can think of a concept album that came out in the two thousands plus that I thought was any good, um or, or as good as it should be because really like if you think about it you go concept album and you think of albums like twenty one twelve and the wall and and even fucking Tommy you know I don't really I'm not a fan of the Who that much but when I was younger I, I loved Tommy. Um, and so, but those were all in the seventies. Those were all 1970s albums. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because that not only were, was that whole thing, you know, kind of a new idea, but there were no CDs. So the bands weren't like, Oh, we can, we can do 80 minutes of CD. All oh, this will be a double disc. Oh, so we can do 160 minutes of music yeah. or whatever. Um, and so I think th- those bands like like rush had the had the problem of you know fighting with whether or not it was going to work with an audience yeah and so they did just one long song on one side and it works because they cut it down and it, it you're you're not wasting a huge chunk of your life on a story that at the end of the day is something that could be written in like two sentences and so mm. I just think that with the astonishing, it's just it's it's very heavy handed where it I don't think I don't know. I I can't imagine being like the amount of work that went into this album, because oh I know a lot of work went a lot of work of writing all the songs arranging all the songs the all of the band getting on board and doing their own parts of the songs lyric writing everything down to it takes so much work but at the end of the day it's like it, it's like it's it's like i don't know it's it's i don't know the exact i don't i don't have the words it's <laughs> it's just being given way too much of something when if it was any good they could have just done it in 45 minutes and Mm. but at the same time i'm not a fan of this music so if you're a prog metal fan or a prog rock fan and somebody comes to you and says oh dream theater's new album is 
however long it is, as long as fuck, they were probably just like, hell yeah. And so it's hard for me because I'm, I'm disconnected from it. So I just, you know, it was, it was definitely an out that was definitely one of the biggest examples of me thinking that we were still on one track and we were at like four tracks later. And I was just like, okay, I this is, I'm, I'm lost here. And, you know, and I, and I, and I did, I did my best to like, listen to albums before I knew what went into it. Like you can go to the wiki and you can read about the, the making of an album, but I went into it where I was like, I'm just going to listen to this as it is. And then I'll go maybe like read about what went into it and stuff. And so, um, but even then I was so just like, there there's, this is just overkill it's absolute overkill um yeah so um, very well done overkill that's my review of uh the astonishing so moving on <laughs> to number number 13 okay so number 13 for me is the most recent entry in the catalog with view from the top of the world we matched up number 13 bam uh and I'm going to be honest here. This is where it enters the realm of this is dream theater doing dream theater really fucking well. Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, honestly, I, I would say that, you know, my notes shitting the bed and only having, you know, the actual song names as notes, because for some reason, Google docs decided to not save what I'd written that day. So I'm going a little bit more old heads uh, route of just getting a general vibe of the album as opposed as opposed to a oh god i'm allergic to doing this uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh so yeah really i'm just gonna go overall vibe you know the alien answering the call invisible monster sleeping giant transcending time awaken the master of you from the top of the world it's all killer stuff played really really well but it's that thing of I've heard him do it. The 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 part in Sleeping Giant that riff like is really cool. Invisible <laughs> monsters got some hooks to it. Uh, but overall, again, this is um, Dream Theater doing Dream Theater. Yeah. Um, and it, it at this point that you know the most recent two have felt a little bit autopilot. I like. Uh, one a bit more than than this one, but mm -hmm. again, it's that thing of, yep, this is another Dream Theater album, yeah, and it's you know to me it's cool, but you know it's not got the things that you know set one apart from another for me that made my my upper picks a bit more di diverse. But um, yeah, it does have uh one of their twenty minute songs on here, which is a cool song, which I will say. That being said, I don't really have many notes on this one because, yeah. you know, A, the record, the, the Google Doc shit the bed, and B, I'd just be saying the same shit I would be saying for a couple others. So, yeah, it's cool. It's a really cool album to me personally, but uh, over, over to you. Yeah, it, it, also my number 13. Um, it, it's so funny, though, that you're you going through and just reading off those song titles. I've I've now listened to this album two times all the way through at different points in time, and I don't remember what any of the songs sound like. So <laughs> if that that gives you any idea. So it's funny because like this was the last one that I listened to, obviously. And on my notes, 
I wrote the first thing I put was like, I'm enjoying this one a lot more. And then a little bit later, I wrote the note, probably because I'm just happy to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just remember I was listening to this album and I was all like, all right, this has some good stuff. And I was like, oh, come on. This is literally because I now know that I'm done with this. And, um, <laughs> but it's very, it's a really well done album. I, I'm, I don't want to repeat myself cause I don't have a lot to add because it was the same thing. Cool parts, lame parts, very well done. Great musicians. Um, the one thing I can say is also the same for most of their albums. It, it, it's it. They all have really bad cover art. Like Prague cover art is the fucking worst. It's always like, <laughs> it's always literally, there's like two things that seem to happen with every prog band. Number one, they take some sort of small, sort of quirky uh, mechanical thing and make it fucking huge. So it's a, like, this is a slide rule, only it's going over the Grand Canyon. And then, <laughs> or, or n- naked dude there's a naked dude somewhere and he's floating in the air or the, or there's, or he's, he's, he's being attacked by, by a, the a, a beam coming from something. You don't know what it's coming from. <laughs> I'm just, it's just the worst. And I, and, and that's it. That's one of the things I just want to be in the room when they are having the discussion about the cover art, because this going to be like, you know what? I think the only way we're going to do it this time is just to have two mountains with a fucking boulder in the middle of the two mountains. I'm like, okay. <laughs> all, all, I, all I can think of whenever I look at this cover art, to, to anybody who are out there who's seen the movie The Emperor's New Groove, that, uh, <laughs> I, the Dis- I know it the, though. The Disney one? Yeah. Uh, you know, the Disney one where Emperor Cusco gets turned into a llama and him and Pacha the peasant have to, uh, you know, go on a bit of a journey to get back to the thing and re- redeem himself. Well, uh, there's a scene where they're both tied to a log mm-hmm. and they get stuck exactly like that rock. <laughs> and I just I just think to myself, every time I look at that, I don't see a dude on a boulder. You know, I see Emperor Cusco as a llama tied to a log trying to walk back up the canyon with, uh, you know, Pacho on the other side. Yeah. And again, you know, it's it's a well-crafted album cover, but it, again, it definitely speaks to that thing of, you know, prog cover art is something that I have a love hate relationship with where it's like, yeah, that's pretty. Um, but I can tell there's a, there's an air of this is, this is fancy music. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, well, and, and, but yeah. That, that being said though, there's so much sameness with a lot of proggy artwork, but just, just to be fair, I'm also a, one of those people that every single new death metal album that comes out with a fucking hellscape yeah. or whatever the fuck is on, I'm always like, oh, that's fucking great. But you, <laughs> but it, they all look like the same thing. You can get them all so much so that there are bands that have album covers. I'm like, isn't that the, it's very similar to this other album cover. And sometimes yeah. it's like, what's the same artist or it's, it's I don't know. But so it would be funny if there was like, there was like an indie label where every band had the same cover art and they just waited for someone to notice that there's a different squiggly logo on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Um, so yeah, so it's all just, it's all like, you know, a, a matter of preference because I, because if you're the kind of person that likes this kind of art, then these album cars are fucking great. Um, I'm not that person. I look at them and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here we go. Here we go. Um, all right, moving on to number 12. Cool. 
Uh, so my number 12. Now, here's an interesting one. My number 12 ended up being one I thought was going to go higher. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a result of what I know went into the making of this album, it also, you know, despite the songwriting on it being memorable, it's also kind of tarred for me by knowing the band weren't really into it. And it now that it's there, it's almost kind of tainted my, my ear for it. Oh. But my number 12 is Falling Into Infinity. Okay. And... This one came out in 97 on the on the heel of Awake, uh, which was the follow-up to Images and Words. Uh, Awake didn't yield the uh, follow-up, you know, bombast that, you know, Pull Me Under had. Pull Me Under was a massive hit. And they've got a Greatest Hits album that's kind of humorously called Greatest Hit and a bunch of other cool songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that you know that that I I like that they do have a sense of humor, but sure. like you know, f- for me though, falling into infinity is kind of an outlier with their golden period for me because mm-hmm. it's like you know when when I think dream theater, I, there's a lot of it's mostly nineties era, mm-hmm. but this is the one nineties album that's that's an outlier because it's like it was label pressure that led to them that they they were kind of bowing to record label pressure and they've all come out and said that as far as i know mm-hmm. but you know they're shorter songs there's even desmond child co-writes on this um, i did not know that that's interesting yeah yeah there's there's a couple desmond child co-writes as far as i know um but yeah there's they're more straightforward they still have some long songs on it but to, to me it sounds like it's kind of like if if I draw a comparison to another album from 1997, the uh, album of the year by Faith No More. Yeah. Where like what you're hearing could be another band's best album. Yeah. But on the flip side, you know that they're not being entirely genuine or into it. Yeah. Like there's an air, there's an atmosphere of I don't know if these guys are feeling this as much as they're trying to convey, but you know without further ado new millennium is a fun funky groover uh you not me is a desmond child co-write i think um hollow years now i love hollow years it's just like nice acoustic lead ballad it's a nice song um peruvian skies is a great song love this one too burning my soul i think is underrated um hell's kitchen is an extension of an underrated banger uh, Lines in the Sand is a really cool track. Take Away My Pain is a beautiful song. Just Let Me Breathe. See, now I'm reading it. I think to myself, I like most of these songs a lot. Yeah. But it's just that thing of, I know that they weren't into it, and that kind of bums me out when I'm listening to it. Um, yeah. Anna Lee is a pretty ballad. And Trail of Tears is this like closing big boy. Um, this album basically was an attempt at mainstream hit for the record company that ended up not being a mainstream hit and bada boom bada bing um i'm assuming i'm assuming that if they had you know the 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 hindsight that they have now it may have felt different and they wouldn't have done that because i because I, i'm trying to put myself in the head space of a 1997 dream theater they 
they they had they probably had no idea that they would become this band that has this massive following no matter what they do. So they it was probably yeah. that idea of like, man, all these other bands are fucking dropping like flies. Um, mm. We'd like to continue doing this, so maybe we'll take some record label notes and do our best. And sometimes I think that makes great albums, though. Like when you're when mm. you're put under pressure to do something out of your comfort zone, out of your comfort zone, or, or uh, sometimes I appreciate those albums because I look at the band and go, "Well, they, th- this isn't what they wanted to do, but this is this is them putting their best foot forward for this kind of thing." And um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I those kind of albums are a lot more interesting for me in a discography because I think every band has, well, most bands have some form of that album, um, but. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, like I say, on any given day of the week, this list can like move around. This isn't like a permanent fixture, but like falling into infinity is one of those albums that found itself lower because I have to be in the mood for it. Mm-hmm. If it was uh, now, there could be a time a week from now where falling into infinity cracks the top eight, but you know, for me this week, I heard it and I was like, I think all the songs here are good, but they, it's tarred with the whole thing of, I know that they're kind of flailing right now. Mm-hmm. They're like, ah, fuck, which way do we turn? Do we go left or do we go right? You know, here's mainstream success, but we lose the prog fans. Here's prog fans, but we don't, we don't have mainstream success. And it ended up, they went the prog route and, wrote an absolute banger of a follow-up but uh we'll get to that yeah with that said i'm gonna hand it back over to you for your number 12 okay so i have a feeling this will be in the next episode for you um Mm. and i thought it would be higher up for me too uh but i had never heard it before um my number 12 is when dream and day unite from 1989 um okay their debut Charlie Dominici on vocals. Hey. Um, and he's a good singer. Hey, I'll pop out to my head. <laughs> um, so this was me. I started off with this album. And it it's it's pretty much just early stages of what they would be doing for the rest of their career, where there's some really cool parts sabotaged by cheesy parts with just a little more of an <laughs> 80s sounding production to it which I, I don't mind. I, I like that. We talk about how we, we, we do enjoy that kind of production. And, but the thing that I couldn't get out of my head through the whole album, and I, you may have had this, other people out there watching or listening, you may, you may know. As soon as I say this scenario, you'll know what I'm talking about. You're... You're so it might be how old you are now, or maybe Eddie, you you might be this person I'm talking about, but you're not for me. Okay, <laughs> you're you're in your late teens, early twenties, and you're at whatever job it is you're working at, and there's always that guy you work with who has a band, and okay, and he's like <laughs> he's like a, he's like a, he's like a, one of those guys that's on the verge of being a virtuoso. He's re, he really takes his craft seriously. And he takes his band mm. seriously. And he always says, you got to come check out my band. Then you go check out their band. And it's always just, it, th- that's what this album reminds me of. You go see your, yeah. your co-worker's band. And it's always like, 
I don't think you guys are going to make it. <laughs> but put that together with yeah. a band who are clearly very talented. And that's yeah. when Dream and Day unite. It's when it's when amazing musician and and a uh, really confident, not very good musician unite. <laughs> and uh, because it has that whole that feeling of just like. I don't know. God, I wish I wish that I, <laughs> I wish I could wrap my head around this shit a lot easier than I did. But it really did make me feel like I remember like my very first job. Uh, there was this guy that I worked with. who was a guitar player and he was in a band and his band was all like, you know, it's kind of stuff. And I and I went to go see them and I was just like, God, he's such a good guitar player. But this band's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> and and so but there's nothing awful about when dream and day unite it just has that that vibe of co-worker band um yeah which at the time it's, it's like at the time days. they were co-worker band for somebody yeah <laughs> uh, absolutely because it, it's one of those albums for me that i can see why people rank it low but i can't I can't being the eighties guy I am. Yeah. I can't have it I can't have it that low because it, it hits a lot of spots for me that, you know, for a lot of other people that it doesn't. But you know, yeah. I love I love eighties cheese. I so I just when the album began, I expected to like it a lot more. But it it there hmm. there is there is just sort of a uh an a not quite fully formed idea of a band in there um put together by really talented people and mm. with 80s production so it's so it, i i could not get into it the way that i wanted well then to. there you go yeah. that's all i needed <laughs> <laughs> it's the i could i couldn't get into it just because i i feel like from album number one that they sabotage themselves when it comes to like simple folk like me um, where I just want like a good song. And if you want to throw in some bells and whistles into that song, that's perfectly fine. But a lot of times I, I, I feel myself the momentum of a song going somewhere and there's this build where I go, ah, and then it goes off in an area where I go, that was surprising and disappointing at the same time. And so <laughs> there's a lot of that with dream theater, but, um, once again, very well done for a young band, just fucking, and and also like I can't, I couldn't help but think about Fate's Warning when I was listening to this album. Is that because there's, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of crossover. But Fate's it, Warning is that, a band that what I've heard of them, they seem like they the songcraft thing might be a little more important to Fate's Warning <laughs> than it is to mm -hmm. Dream Theater. But yeah, there, there's a definite structure with some Dream Theater stuff where it's like. Song part, show off section, you know. Yeah, and and I I get that completely. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I, I did I did enjoy it because in the beginning of it, I was just like, it's kind of cool hearing where these guys started. But there, yeah, there was there was a lot of it where I kind of giggled every once in a while during it, and so <laughs> it ends up at number twelve for me. Fair enough. Cool. So my number eleven is 2011's a dramatic turn of events. Okay, so this is the first one with the new drummer, right? Yeah, this is the first one with Mike Mangini. Got it, yeah. Um, and honestly, it's really good, you know, to, to me. It, it's the first album with Mangini. 
Um, he didn't really have a part in writing the album because they pretty much had everything written at that point. Oh, um, okay. And they just kind of hand- handed it to him. And he kind of came into his own on the follow-up. But uh, a really fun thing as well, I'm going to say, for you know around this time, they turned the um, album basically into a competition for uh, who wants to be the new drummer of Dream Theater, being as Mike Portnoy's out. And the yeah. special edition of the album comes with the DVD of it's like a making all of documentary where they're looking for a new drummer and a bunch of like big names you know in the drummer community to show up and give it a crack um and it's really cool they haven't played dance of eternity mm-hmm. which is you know one of their known for being ridiculously hard to remember all the sections yeah. songs yeah uh and i managed long ago to figure out a few sections and when i did i was like I could fucking do this. And then another section would show up and I'd be like, ah, fuck, back to Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> yeah. So like every time I'd get a section nailed down, I'd be like, okay, where's the next one? Ah, fuck this. I'm putting this down and playing Nevermind from start to finish. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what that's what I used to do. I used to, I mean, I still do it from time to time now where I've got like a, a pair of Ear Defender, um, you know, headphones for like DIY and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'd have my AirPods on or you know earbuds, but with wires on them before uh, when I was a kid, and I would just like put an album on, get behind the kit, and even if I couldn't play sections, I'd play like a simplified version of it. Yeah, like yeah. If I was if I if I was doing like Slayer, I'd instead of going like with the with the right hand, I'd just go yeah because I was still playing along to it on beat, but you know getting better at it because I was only like fifteen. But yeah, you know that's Dream Theater for me connected with me because I'd just become a drummer, so I was like yeah, there's a lot to dig into with this. And I think that that's a good point because I think that because you know I'm a musician. But I've always come at music as a a music fan first. Me too. So yeah. so I think that's that's why like the a lot of dream theater it doesn't it it doesn't um, do it for me because I feel like I'm looking for something that I'm using the wrong part of my brain for or something. Um, yeah. So but coming at it like you know. That's why I say these people are so fucking talented. So if I listen to an album and you're like, okay, we'll just focus on uh, what this one guitar player is doing. And I'd probably just be like, God damn, it's so good. But yeah, you know, pulling myself out, you know, I, I have to, I have to be honest because I don't listen to music like that. Um, that's something that I come to several listens down the road because I'm, I'm all, I'm all feel. So it's like, that's why there's some music that's, you know, could be poorly produced and anybody could fucking play it. But if it's done the right way and it connects with me in the right way, I'm just like, God, this is fucking it's done amazing. Its job. Yeah, it's done its job. Yeah. So I think that that that's the part of the disconnect for me here. So. Yeah, but it, like I say, I'm gonna dive into some some of this stuff here because it managed to remember some of my notes. Uh, On the backs of angels is a cool opener. Build me up, break me down is quite clearly designed to be the album single and it and it is um lost not forgotten love the double kickage in the chorus and all, all the like insane parts in this um this is the life bridge in the sky outcry far from heaven 
breaking all illusions. It's all cool stuff. Beneath the surface is a nice, soft, lush acoustic ballad closer. That there are some really nice soft parts on Dream Theater albums as well. Like mm-hmm. when they do like the ballady stuff, they're really good at it. Um, I think that that's but, that's probably when I don't really like the vocalist very much. Hmm. On the softer things, James LeBrie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He he's a big reason why the why I don't like some of the stuff, um, because he's a good singer, but I think his style is not something that I really like. I almost feel like it's more akin to power metal at times than anything else. I I've I've always felt like a like a power metal element to to Dream Theater. Like I've I've always heard parts and thought that could that could be on a power metal album yeah. easily. Which I'm not. I'm and not a fan of power metal. So you there you go. Fair fair enough, but like. I, I've always loved the the quieter moments, and mm-hmm. I know that James Labrie has like a you know quite a breathy, soft, kind of vocal for that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and all, all power to him as well for being able to um, overcome a throat injury in the nineties because on the Awake tour, um, he had a virus or something that like completely fucked his vocal cords. So for a while, um, he was having a hard time singing. So oh, wow, I didn't I didn't it, know that. It's it's cool that he managed to like, you know, kind of overcome that, but mm-hmm. um yeah, I I know that his vocal style is quite a divisive part of um you know, dream theater. That that being said, you could probably say that for a lot of prog vocalists to be fair. Um I mean, you could you you literally hear that about Rush. Like that, yeah. like the, I can't argue with people because I, I love Getty Lee, but if somebody says I like Rush, but I can't get into his vocals, I'd be like, look, I, you're not wrong. You, like, you know, mm. it's a, it's one of those things that you either get into it or you're annoyed by it. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that as well, I think with exposure, you kind of warm up to people's vocals a little bit sure. where you're like, oh, yeah, I get what he's going for now. Because uh-huh. like, I've had it before where I've seen like people react to Megadeth and be like, Ah, oh, these these vocals. He's clearly not a trained singer, and then it kind of clicks for him that, oh, that's the point. You know, his whole personality is you know watch him <laughs> like you know it, 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 at that point he kind of clicks for you where you're like, oh, I get this guy now. You know, yeah. Uh, but you know, overall, dramatic turn of events is an album that I think is really good, but is one of those that I kind of forget about where it's like. This is really good, but you know, images and words just showed up, and I, I I'm gonna hanker him for some learning to live right now. It's that thing of when a band has so many albums, you're kind of spoiled for choice, and you, you end up, you know, guessing to yourself, are there enough hours in the day for the amount of music I, I love anymore? You know, because I remember there was a there was a time in my life where I'd be like, okay, today I'm going to listen to Master of Puppets, Dirt by Alice in Chains, and Angel Dust by Faith No More. Yeah. Uh, and then and then at the end of the day, you'd be like, hey, mission accomplished. And nowadays, I'm like, I need everything on shuffle because I'm never going to have enough time to be satisfied anymore because that's the curse of getting into music yeah. is that you keep getting into more of it. So, you know? So that that's interesting because... I I think about that all the time because there's all there's there's older music that I eventually will get into like you know I I got into Judas Priest eventually um it took me a yeah. little bit 
And then you've got the stuff that I love that I always want to listen to. And even me, I'm always constantly listening to new shit too. So yeah, there's so much music that it would make sense that a band like dream theater, my brain goes, look, we don't got time for this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it, it made me think of something. So there are, there are fans of bands because there are different, all different kinds of people that, that, you know, there are people that don't really listen to music. There are people like us that listen to a shitload of it. And then there are people that are real selective with the music that they listen to. Um, Yeah. And and it's not, it's not because they don't care. It's just because they find the things they like, and then that's what they want. But I, I think it was the, there was a rush documentary. I think it might've been the time stand still documentary. And I, if I remember right, there were there was one particular fan who was like at the Rush convention and was a bit huge Rush fan. It was basically saying that she didn't listen to any other music except for Rush. Wow! And and I believe her. And so I feel like the best Dream Theater fans are probably those kind of people. That sure, maybe they have other bands that they listen to also, but majority of what they do is listen to dream yeah. theater. And I almost feel like that's the only way that dream theater's music is successful. If you're yeah. willing to put in the time and the effort, then you reap the reward rewards. Whereas yeah. I've got so much on my plate. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't have the time or the bandwidth as they would say um, for all of the stuff that they are doing. And I've, I've, yeah, I've, you've, you finished what you were saying. Cause you, but yeah, I've, I've just got a little, little thing I was going to add. Okay. No, but I'm, but I, I really do think that, 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 that's a, that's a real struggle for us because we, we also do this where we listen yeah. to a band discography in order to do some sort of a thoughtful discussion and ranking yeah. On top, and in a way that's helpful. Yeah, you know. And on top of all the other music that I want to listen to, that's why, like, when people ask me questions like, "Are you excited about the Super Bowl?" I'm like, "What? I don't have any fucking time for sports." <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "Oh, did you see Avengers: Infinity War?" I don't have any fucking time for Avengers. Like, I'm just like, yeah. and so like, even <laughs> like, because like, you know, my wife and I at least once a week we'll watch a movie, and we have like select television shows that we watch just you in the evenings. Yeah, but the rest of my life is literally fucking music all the time when I'm working, um, and then other things that I do: YouTube, podcasts, my radio shows. Like it's it it it's, it takes up so much time that. You know, sure, I'll, I'll look at other people and I'm like, oh, man, they're having a really nice time out there kicking the ball uh, uh, down the street. And I'm just like, but I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have any yeah. time. Um, it gets frustrating. Anyway, all right. What, go, I, what are I've, you saying? I've recently been crafting a, a playlist for myself um, on, you know, of, of all the CDs that I have ripped to my phone. Uh-huh. Um, and essentially what I've done is I've called it the cream of the crop and only one song is allowed per album. So what I started doing was I just put the whole out. I put my entire music library on shuffle Uh and I would like shuffle the next one. What's my favorite song from that album. Okay. Uh, stone temple pilots plush 
Okay, that's going in the cream of the crop playlist. Uh-huh. Toto, debut album, Hold the Line, that one's going in there. Because I know I'll get the most value of each album by having at least one song in there that I'll land on. It's kind of like a roulette wheel yeah, that yeah. I play with myself. Like, like every morning before I go to work, I'm like, right, fire up the playlist, press shuffle. Oh, I've not heard Thunder Kiss 65 in a while. Let's let's drive to work with that. Yeah. You know, or but it's one of those things that when you become so passionate and in deep about any given subject that you're not you're not satisfied with an Enter Sandman anymore or or a yeah. or a Here I Go Again. You know, you want to hear you know the the big song from the album that no one else seems to like but you fucking love. And it shows up one day, and you're like, "Oh my god, I haven't listened to this in fucking eons." I had yeah. that the other day with um, had that the other day with Wasp. Um, they they showed up with uh, the Idol from the Crimson Idol, and I was like, "I've got chills right now, and I haven't listened to this song in six years. What the fuck have I been doing <laughs> with my yeah. life?" So that um, so I ha- I have like you know several different like playlists on in, in Apple Music, and one of them yeah. is literally just every album by like my top ten favorite bands. And sometimes I just shuffle that, but that was a big reason that over the past couple years, I I got really into Saint Anger and it started because Mm. started because I have a, I have a shower speaker in my shower. That's like a Bluetooth speaker. Me too. And so I'll put shuffle some mornings and I'll just go in there and whatever plays plays. And I just remember one morning I'm in the shower and uh, fucking Invisible Kid comes on, which is like I yeah. probably my least favorite song on St. Anger. But mm. at that particular moment, I was just like, oh, my God, this is, it really like made my morning hearing that song. And so then I then I became obsessed with like listening to, to St. Anger. And I was just like, so it carried that feeling with me. And so it's just one of those things where it. it it, it randomly had to have happened because just looking at yeah. the album, I'm not going to go, I'm going to listen to invisible kid. It just, you know, it's just sometimes randomly that that's why I have so much fun doing a uh, record roulette, which yeah. not only am I doing it on YouTube, but I, one of my weekly radio shows is I literally just hit random item, whatever comes up from my collection. I have to choose one song from it and make a, an hour long playlist. And it's making me listen nice. to songs that, uh, maybe I didn't because I don't necessarily just pick the one I like the most. If it's like the first album that comes up, I might just pick the first song on the album to be a good to make it a good playlist. Or if it's yeah. a song that's following a really fast one, the next album I might be like, well, I'm going to choose the slower one. And so I end up putting this hmm. thing together where I listen to songs that like maybe I didn't give enough attention to or whatever. And but once again, that's just one portion of my life because then I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, these two brand new albums just came out. I got to go listen to those this weekend. It's just God, so it's so it's so hard uh, doing yeah. this kind of shit. So, but, you know, hopefully, luckily, luckily, everyone, everyone seems to appreciate the shit that we that we go through uh, for this. Absolutely. This little bit of entertainment. Dude, like, it, it, that's one of those things. You guys just got to see, like, an inner workings of our process. <laughs> like, but behind the curtain thing. Um, so, yeah, essentially, it's it's true. You get to a certain point it, it, where it's a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. you know, it, 
I remember the days where I thought I was cool and edgy because I just started listening to Anthrax, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, as, as a regular music listener, that would be pretty deep, right? But in terms of how deep the thrash metal iceberg goes, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like Anthrax are pretty surface level, you know, compared to some of the stuff that, you know, dude there's some killer stuff out there that just is not lost to the annals of time but is is pretty deep cut as far as it goes yeah you know you know there's there's a there's a part of me that i kind of miss the 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 sort of innocence and i guess it's kind of a uh it's forced on you but i just go back to like 1992 I just got yeah. my first CD player. I had 10 CDs or so. And I just remember being like, oh, I have fucking 10 albums. And I was so happy. <laughs> but like, there was no internet. So literally for me, yeah. it was it was listening to the music that I owned or watching MTV or whatever, you know. But my dog, my dogs are going crazy. Um, hey, we have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, But yeah, at that point, it was just 10 CDs. And there's something really beautiful about that, about just like, this is what I have. Yeah. Um, but mm. but I have to admit, this shit you see behind me, this these, you know, over 1,700 pieces of vinyl behind me. Holy um, shit. That brings me such joy just looking at the shelf. Like, I'll come into hmm. my room or while I'm working, because this is where I work every day, I'll just turn around sometimes and just look at it and go, man, I'm... Hashtag blessed, everybody. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that. That was a nice psycho psychoanalysis. You of, know what? That might be process. how dream, how how the re, a really big dream theater fan looks at it. They turn around, they see these fifteen albums packed full of all this shit, and they're like, hashtag blessed. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, that's uh, I, I guess that's my uh, number eleven. Okay, yeah, my number eleven is the two thousand five album Octavarium. Okay, their eighth album. Yeah. So going into this, I, I I remember listening to it and thinking to myself, "There's this is the most straightforward dream theater I've ever heard." Like, mm. it seems way more focused than any other album that they've that they did now you would think that that was a good thing and it was to an extent but it ended up just becoming a uh a more i don't know segregated version of how i felt about all their other albums where there would be a song where the whole song i'm like this is a fucking great song. And then the next song, hmm. the whole song was me going, all right, can we skip this one? And then the next, <laughs> so, it, so it is more straightforward. And I appreciate that because I appreciate any band looking at something with a different approach, whatever brings that approach or whatever the difference is. It's, I enjoy it. So I did enjoy it, but I think overall it ended up making it a less interesting album to me because there were less moments where I was going, Ooh, and it was more just like, okay, this is a pretty good song. Not really into this mm. song. Pretty good song. So it ended up being like a more ho-hum experience in a, in a Dream Theater album because there wasn't 
as much of a bombastic like oh i wasn't expecting that it's a lot more i mean there are hmm. some moments but for the most part it does seem pretty when it comes to dream theater simplified and um hmm. i just didn't find it as interesting but i really appreciated that i got to that point where i went oh this is it feels different this album feels different for me um so the feeling was good enough for me to like, you know, not put it super low, but uh, it still is at number 11. It didn't make it top 10. Um, so yeah, yeah, Octavarium. Nice. Um, I remember now, while we're on the subject of Octavarium, mm -hmm. I remember finding somewhere that there's like a, let me see if I can find it, Octavarium Easter eggs. Oh. There's like a there's like a an entire like analysis of this album and it's like really subtly um all the interesting facts is that the one oh shit damn the 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 old website I was looking for was is now no longer with us as far as I'm Aware. Damn. This is on the fly research because I remember the pay. website. They didn't pay for the URL the, again or whatever. Yeah, the, the the website was awesome. Basically, the album breaks down into like sets of eight and five or something, right? Okay. Now, and like there's little like things in the in the booklet of the album that point to like how things are structured and stuff. But this is one of those albums that has negative time on it that has like like you said it did, did you bring up like the negative time on cds thing yeah i used to love that on cds yeah so this has moments of that um but is there is that did i hear those listening to it streaming did i hear all those moments there it they're all they'll all be there yeah okay, but okay. it's it's very it's very subtle but uh here we here we go here's the concept okay so it's like a semi-concept album. This is this is gonna be so fucking nerdy, right? When starting to work on what would become Octavarium, Mike Portnoy noted that it would be their eighth studio album and that they had recently released their fifth live album, Live at Budokan. Uh, the sequence mirrored the octave on a musical keyboard. Each octave contains eight naturals and five accidentals. Portnoy suggested that they use the concept for an entire album on the on the back of it you see like like a like a keyboard yeah an octave of a keyboard uh when writing the band delegated each song a different key sound effects were placed between songs to connect them for example the root of all evil written in f minor and the following track the answer lies within written in g minor were connected by a sound effect in the key of f sharp minor so this the album's lyrics and song titles featured references to this concept Portnoy calls the titles The Root of All Evil, referring to the musical term root, an octavarium, the octave of the octave. Like I say, this wow. really, really cleverly structured stuff. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on record and say it sounds like it's probably more fun to be in Dream Theater than it is for me to listen to Dream Theater. Because <laughs> that sounds fun. If I was in a band with yeah. dudes that thought like that, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's put this, do this shit. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool um, it's a cool thing that you know that they, they structured an album ar yeah. around the idea of the octave on a keyboard. But there's like little references all over the album, and it's just like 
it's like a giant Easter egg scavenger. But you, but you see what I mean? Album. It's fucking pointillism. So looking at the album from yeah. this far away, it's a picture of a child. And then you zoom in and it's all these little things that like you don't even yeah. fucking know because the only way that I'm taking in these albums right now, it's from it's from further away. So Yeah. Yeah. Which I get, but I also I I really like that one, so that that one might not be in this episode. Oh so, shit! Okay, so yeah, okay. Well, so well, we're, we're, we made it to top ten, though. Okay, so uh, my number ten is 2019's "Distance Over Time." Okay. Uh, on the heels of the astonishing, they uh got a bit more back to just doing a dream theater album. And it's a nice, much-needed palate cleanser after the previous album's bloated concept of 2112, but way longer. Um, And uh, honestly, this this one sits at number 10 for me because I'm like, it's really good. Um, I like the songs. I don't have a lot more to add other than Fall Into The Light has a really cool riff in it. Uh, Viper King, which is a um, bonus track, is really cool. Um, but honestly, again, it's like you say, at this point, late stage Dream Theater is kind of like, yep, yeah, saw this coming. It's cool. I like it because I'm a Dream Theater fan. But um, I'm just, I, I found it satisfying. Yeah. But it's nothing that is going to dethrone any of it the albums that come above it for me yeah, yeah. so uh you know all, all i can say about distance over time is it's it's a quality set of songs for for me as a dream theater fan however i'm like you with when an album when bands get later in their discography and they're like well let's give them what we give them, you yeah, know, <laughs> yeah, and there, and, and you know, and to be fair, there are some bands that I don't mind that. Um, a good, yeah, a, a, yeah. what just comes to mind is Cannibal Corpse, very different band from Dream Theater, but you know what you're going to get from Cannibal Corpse, and I would even go so far as to say that Cannibal Corpse also has this pointillism kind of thing, where if you're not into, yeah. <laughs> if, if you're not into it, it looks like a fucking huge blob. You got to like pull in closer and see like well here's the differences between these songs and the 10 other albums before it or you know yeah so yeah you don't get it this guy's being killed with a fork (laughs) this guy is being killed with a spoon (laughs) this guy has been completely disemboweled (laughs) this guy is in the process of being disemboweled (laughs) this guy is just following somebody home and then killing them (laughs) this guy has been followed home and killed (laughs) That was a that was a fucking good episode, set of episodes. That if, was. If, if you're listening, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard the Cannibal Corpse episodes we did, that 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 that's among some of it the was funniest funny. shit we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. So let's move on because we got we got two. Well, I got two more to talk about. We're almost we're almost done with this episode. My number ten. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this one either. Uh, Dream Theater self titled album from 2013. Um, okay. Their twelfth album, and this, I think that, I don't remember which. If this was, I think this may have been day three that I was on this album, but I just remember like 
really feeling fatigued and and thinking to myself, it's so strange that such a talented band that makes such intricate and complicated music could feel like they're just repeating themselves over and over. Like it's mm. a really bizarre thing. And, the, and but this this goes into what we were just talking about. I, I, I'm, I'm, I guarantee that if if I was more of an all in kind of person with Dream Theater, this album has its differences and its unique things and things they maybe haven't hadn't done before at the time, but it it really started to be like I, at this point I was like I don't remember what I've listened to, and I can't tell mm. one album from the other, except for the songs that I already knew or you know for the most part it just it now become like a blur of Dream Theater stuff. And it's always the same responses. It's always some things are great, some things I didn't like, and it's very well done. That's I don't want to repeat myself. <laughs> I don't want to keep repeating myself. But that's all I could say about it is that there's no, I I could not look at this album and go this album's bad, not at all. Um, it's but I'm yeah be, being honest as a as as a music fan, I'm just like. Th- this is this seems unnecessary <laughs> for mm. for me for me it was it was unnecessary so that's not, that's my number 10 <laughs> cool that that one is is the album that that's the first album that came out after i became a dream theater fan mm-hmm. so that that one has a little bit of a bit of a near and dear spot for me that you know otherwise might have landed it a little lower sure but you know i listened i listened to it the other day and it was like man i remember sitting down at my kit the day i got this album and putting my headphones in uh listening through it and just playing along to it just trying to you know obviously some of the more mental sections being 15 years old yeah i'm like i'll just I'll just sit back and let this part happen and then go back when something I can actually play is, uh, is going on. But, you know, a a really cool performance I would recommend you watch is the uh, illumination theory live performance where they've got like the orchestra. Cause there's, there's a, there's a kick-ass part in there that it's about 15 or so minutes in where you're gonna be like where where you're gonna be like ah this is why this is why eddie likes this but like okay uh, one word keytar oh yeah 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 Yeah. fucking love that um but yeah that leaves us with number nine my, my number nine Number nine, the last, uh, the last uh, album of this part one episode. For 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 moi, yeah. Um, uh, let's have a look here. When Dream and Day Unite. So okay, all right. This this one for me is up the the top of the lower half because I'm like everybody else puts it at the bottom. I do not believe it deserves to be at the bottom because I'm like, now, come on, guys. Are we really going to put 
the Netflix version of 2112 <laughs> over a pretty concise and decent albeit muddily produced 80s metal album so what what is what, what is a, what is the consensus though why do a lot of people put it last what about it is considered not that good honestly i think it's because it doesn't have james labrie on the vocals that's that's it oh. like every, every everybody's like i think it comes from a mindset of the singer is the face of the band and if there's one album with a different singer it's like ah fuck them yeah you know no that that's i don't like, subscribe to I, that i still get bent out of shape when people are all like i'm a faith no more fan i don't like their first two albums i'm like fucking leave leave here right now yeah <laughs> you're not a faith no more fan you're a Mike. Patton You're a Mike Patton fan. fan. Go away. Um, there's yeah. two. There's two. There's too yeah. many of you, and most of you are annoying. So, uh, <laughs> all right. What do you think about this, Mike? Nice, nice, that, nice little that being, audio that, collage. That being said, man, <laughs> man I love Mike Patton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I fucking, fucking love the dude. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm a Patton fanboy. I can't lie. I, I eat up everything he does. He could do like Yoko Ono shit, and I'd be like, genius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that big. I, I really do think that he's done some stuff that's not great, and I don't care for. Um, but he has done some of my yeah. favorite music ever. So. You know, I, I, I will say, Faith No More, Bungle, um, you know, and Phantomas, Dead Cross, Tomahawk, all, all cool stuff. Peeping Tom, love it. I love that one. Yeah, yeah, Peeping Tom. Oh, yeah. yeah, nice. Lovage, that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nice. We the sound, the soundtrack for the, uh, nice. that movie where uh, Home Dude can't let his heart rate go below a certain thing what movie is that crank <laughs> crank he, he, he did yeah. this, i think he did the soundtrack for crank too um, nice <laughs> anyway yeah love that the mike Patton deep dive but yeah yeah little, little that's something we have to do at some point we need to do like a like a Patton episode well didn't we do we know? did we did we've, we've we did faith we've, no we've more done... and we did bungle and and bungle there's what else do we do? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we, we've done Faith No More and we've done Bungle. Okay. But, um, we need to do some of uh, some of his other stuff as well because there's so much of it. But oh, I think you that know, would just you, be a com- you, you know what would be a really difficult episode if we did a slashed and mashed where we put together a Mike Patton's greatest hits album where we had all Holy all of that music shit. to choose from, but maybe had to narrow it down <laughs> to like twelve tracks, something like that. You know dude that'd be a good one yeah that would be that that'd be a challenge yeah and the best part about that is it's all so diverse that you would have like a mike Patton album yeah (laughs) essentially like like it would it wouldn't be off the cards you know yeah um but yeah like i was saying when dream and day unite Mm -hmm. i think this album's biggest problem is not that it sounds 80s but it sounds muddy for an 80s album yeah um sonically uh i think the vocals are really good i think charlie dominici does a a good job with the vocals uh i just i just think they came into their own later on but they're and they and several of the songs they didn't kick him out he quit right like it wasn't like they weren't happy with him i i think i read that he quit i 
they had a lot of issues on this album's tour and that like the, the label kind of kind of fucked them if i remember right um it wasn't until images and words where they got kind of a second wind yeah like because the, the, they could have been a band that did this one album and then got boned in the butt by the label and never did anything again um however images and words happened because they were basically given a second chance and they fucking hit it out of the park mm-hmm. with that um you know a fortune in lies is an excellent opener i love it lots of cool parts state of seeker is the best rush song rush didn't write <laughs> that i fucking love i love status seeker dude like i remember the first time i heard it that that chorus is excellent nothing is sacred you draw the bottom line with a dollar sign like just those really cool parts there it's a full blade and it's the last song that was written for the album sessions Mm -hmm. and it definitely sounds like right we need a hit and if anything off of this album was going to be a a hit at the time it would have been that yeah but yitzy jam which is a great instrumental is majesty spelt backwards and that is the former name of Dream Theater. They used to be called Majesty before they became Dream Theater. Oh. And that's just a fun little fun little reference. Dream, uh, that's Dream why Theater they're... is a much better name, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which leaves Majesty ripe for the taking, so it's mine now. Um, I'm pretty sure they probably yeah. changed it because there was already about 20 bands called Majesty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, The Killing Hand... Tell me you heard Operation Mindcrime without telling me you heard Operation Mindcrime. Oh yeah, there, there was are... there was there was little tinges of Queensryche in there too. Yeah. Bam 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 Yeah. Like those little chords in there just made me think, ah, okay, okay. Uh, Light Fuse and Getaway is a cool song. Afterlife is a great song. That one still gets played to this day. The Ones Who Helped to Set the Sun, cool stuff, and Only a Matter of Time is a fittingly majestic ending for a band formerly known as Majesty. See track three. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) All right. But yeah that's that's um we have entered the realm i would say this is the crossing point where the albums go from i i like them to i'm invested heavily in this okay so so yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do my this is where i flip from yeah i was was gonna say this is where i flip from i agree with what you're saying to an extent of and now i'm like Nah, I fucking love this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go to okay. war, the, war for this shit. Okay, <laughs> um, but I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do this real quick because I don't have a lot to say about it. Because it's really my okay. my my. I feel like my ranking is arbitrary at best because like I don't remember so much of what it was that I listened to. Um, for some, <laughs> but for some reason, that number nine was Black Clouds and Silver Linings from 2009. Um, okay, it's their tenth album. So, you know, it was the 10th one I listened to. And I, I, the only thing I can say is that it was just around that section where I really just started to get fatigued and everything just sort of was blurry. And I was having the same reactions to everything they were doing, some good, some bad. And I just was like, I think probably around that point, I started to get really nervous because I was just like, 
<clears throat> is this episode going to be a huge waste of time because I have nothing to bring to the table? But then, <laughs> but then I started to say, oh, but no, maybe I can be like the the what Eddie can play off of. I'll be the dude like, ah, fuck this, and you'll be the one and be like, let me explain to you why this is great. Um, so I was like, all right, maybe that's going to be me. You know, I don't, I don't normally play that character, but in this particular one, I will. Um, but I don't really, I literally don't remember that album. Um, do you know what I'm going to, I'm going to, now that we've come to the end of this, I'm going to promise something. If you've made it this far and you're a dream theater fan, I'm going to promise you something because if I remember right, we have to take next week off because Eddie's band is playing a festival. Am I right about that? Do I remember correctly? I, I am. I am indeed. All right. So there's going to be a two week gap. I promise to everyone out there, I will go back and listen to my top eight albums at least one more time all the way through. Okay. Because I want to have more to say. Maybe I will have more to say. I don't know. But I feel like this band, this is a great band. It just isn't connecting with me. But maybe some part of it can connect with me. I don't know. Hmm. But I, 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 I I'm going to do that because I feel like it deserves it. They put so much work into this fucking music for me to be like, ah, some of it's good, some of it's bad. It's too long. <laughs> and that's you know, dream theater fans. If you're even still here and you're not a normal uh, viewer of our shit or listener of our shit, um, um, if I haven't annoyed the fuck out of you, then that just means that you're a really good person. And thank you for being here. Mm. You're what we call a peanut butter platypus. If you make it all the way through and you stick it out, um, that's what. Because we do all, all our episodes are, uh, yes, on our mug, which which I got. I got mine too. It says peanut butter hey. platypus on one side. You can get these mugs on my YouTube uh, YouTube store in the bottom of the thingy. Whatever. At spread shop. It doesn't matter. Um, if you're in the podcast world, <laughs> uh, it's you have to actually go do things. Um <laughs> but uh yeah so i'm gonna listen to those other albums again and i don't know what i don't know what that's gonna bring for me but i but i i, I owe them that much and the fact that we have the time um i'm gonna do that so uh i th- I, th- I think you showing an interest in in wanting to understand it is 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 enough you know that's that's shows you're a cool guy i'm just wanting to i i I, whenever a band is a big deal i want to connect with it in some way um yeah it's 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 like very very recently um i because i i when when that the band ghost first started out i was really into their first album yeah and then and then very quickly i kind of just fell off and i was like i just i'm not interested in this and then their newest album came out and because I do like these radio shows now and I listen to a lot of other people's stuff, they keep peppering in songs from the most recent album. And it got to the point where I finally just went, I really like these songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so that's what I want to do with Dream Theater is that I want to get to some sort of point where I hear something that like you know, kicks down the door or, you know, opens up my mind you know yeah and uh and so it may not happen um because like i said there's a whole lot of music out there um but i but yeah you're right i i i I respect it enough especially when it's something that you really like i respect it enough to uh come at it from like "Eh, it deserves a little bit more from me 
So I think as well, uh, something I would, you know, bear in mind is the kind of the ingredients I tend to think of with Dream Theater is if you took Metallica, Toto, Rush, and Yes, threw them in a blender, that this is what you get. Like, I, I, some would argue how the fuck Toto got in there. And all of, <laughs> All, all of those people know Africa and that's it, right? Trust me, if you're a fan of Dream Theater and you don't know Toto, check out Toto, Yeah, right? They have so much cool, weirdly proggy stuff for how accessible it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I've been listening to a lot of Toto today. That's a so good, that's, I mean, know. that's a good... All of those things, yeah, I would, I would put all of those bands into... Uh, I'd, I'd even throw in oddly enough a little bit of iron maiden in there too yeah um, yeah i can hear that but uh but yeah especially song length wise <laughs> lately <laughs> yeah um but yeah so so that that that's the end of part one of dream theater yes um and we'll be back in two weeks with part two and that'll be our top eight dream theater albums yes and we'll see we'll see what happens it'll be it'll be fascinating to find out but uh, do you have any parting words for this episode? Uh, I was going to say to anyone who hasn't heard it yet, go check out uh, my band's song, uh, Sick, on all streaming platforms, as far as I know. It's on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, we're called Sage, and the song's called Sick. If you type in both of those, it will come up with a photo of us looking or or trying to look a lot like a early 90s promo shot of Alice in Chains. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, it, you you see me in the middle wearing a dirt shirt and a pair of sunglasses. So, uh, yeah, stood next to a railway uh, fence with a cool orangey saturated hue over it. We look badass. Yeah. Um, because I, we recently had a gig and someone in the audience who we didn't ask to be there, was kind enough to show up on the merit of our song and word of mouth uh-huh. and left a nice little, nice little review. Oh, nice. So um, uh, I just want to do it. Yeah. Do a shout out. Shout out to Tom Joyce, if you are listening to this. Thank you for the um, glowing review that you gave what, us. What, uh, read, it, read it. What did he say? What did he say? Okay, we got time. So, uh, Okay, so Sage played an awesome gig at JJ's bar in Liscard last night. Some proper good guitar skills complemented with solid bass playing all held together with some great technical drumming. Ooh. Biggest compliment I've ever fucking had as a drummer. Yeah. When, uh, you know, all I think to myself is, what would Sean Kinney do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's uh, nice, to hear, nice to hear some cover songs, but their original songs are where it's at. Their song Sick is a belter. Can imagine a big crowd all shouting Sick in unison at a festival somewhere in the future. Shame it's the only song they have on Spotify. Hey, I'm trying to nail down the members to finish their parts. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure they'll have more soon, though. Worth putting in the effort to go see them. So if you get a chance to check them out, audio plugs advised. It's loud, but in a good way. Looking forward to seeing them again. Thanks to Sage. Nice. Bosh nice that is that is great yeah yeah it's nice it's nice to hear that you know and and to know it was someone who you know 
it's it's the first time I've looked into a crowd and been like, oh, that guy knows who we are. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's that's better. So than it's a nice. Re- that's better than any review my band's ever got. My band, the the, the good reviews <laughs> from my band were all like, yeah, there was a band that played, um, and there was a special on Jaeger bombs. That was pretty good. What <laughs> 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 one of the most brutal things I've ever felt playing in a band was I used to be in this cover band um, before COVID. And uh, the pandemic put a pretty swift end to that. But we were, you know, me and a few friends were doing it for a couple of years, making some money, uh, playing pubs around the Falmouth area and mm-hmm. that. And, you know, that was when I was in uni. Uh, well, basically, I remember one time we played a pub in Falmouth called uh, the Prince of Wales. And we were in there playing to like, we were basically playing to uh, four people one of which was an old dude quite obviously watching the football on the TV. Yeah. Uh, another another was a crackhead and his crackhead wife. And when I say crackhead, I'm not being mean. I mean literal <laughs> no teeth. Knocked the PA over, which landed on me, went through my kit. I literally grabbed it like a fucking superhero. Uh, he got quickly ordered out, which then left, left about two, two people. people left. <laughs> Yeah, and and the the most brutal part was I saw a dude get up at the end of the song and went yeah, yeah, only to realize that he was cheering because his team scored a goal in the football. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh man, we made awkward eye contact during that, and it's. It's just one of the most funny images I have in my mind, feeling like, you know what? Maybe we played Tie Your Mother Down really well, and then, oh, no, man, you scored. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's some funny little anecdotes. Those are some... Paying your dues, that's what they call that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, All right, cool. So well, with that, on that note, let's uh, let's get the fuck out of here. Thanks everybody for listening and or watching. Um, like I said, we'll be back in two weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. We've we've been we've we've given you enough. Um, peanut butter platypus. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to my good man Eddie Motherfucking Sparks to take us out. We've we've given you a a, a couple of Dream Theater songs worth of <laughs> of <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, Cool. Later, <laughs> 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 All right, bye everybody. Bye. <laughs>